Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. chapter 6 and verse 43 for a good tree somebody say good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit for every tree is known by his own fruit for of thorns men do not gather figs nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. I do believe the Lord has given me something to to preach to you tonight. Uh, on this Wednesday night, and it's simply this. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? Jesus, I love you tonight, and I feel your spirit here. God, I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost, even as, as we're here tonight. I pray, God, that you would illuminate your word. God, I pray that you would give us revelation, give us understanding of who we are and the power of what we speak. Lord, we ask, Lord, for there to be liberty in this house. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, we're going to play a game, all right? I spy something blue. You guys know how this game works, right? I have three kids, so. So at this point, you start guessing what the blue thing is in the room. Miss Mindy, sister, what is it? Man, that was way too easy. Man, I'm terrible at this game. That was right. It was Brother Russell's shirt. I should have done a much better job. I Okay, I spy something else blue. What is it? Wrong. (laughs) Somebody else? Nope. I guess it's kind of controversial if it's blue or not. Somebody else? Somebody else? Just yell it out. No, (laughs) ma'am. Somebody else? Sister Carol's dress? No, ma'am. Somebody else? No, ma'am. Somebody else. I'm, I'm used to youth service, all right? Y'all are just going to have to give me a second here. I'm going to get acclimated. No, ma'am. My, no, sir. No, ma'am. Maybe I made it too hard. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It was Sister Ross's uh, jacket. Is that blue? That's not blue? Is that not blue? It's kind of blue, the blue family, right? Whatever. <laughs> if, if you were playing this game with, with someone from 
a thousand years ago, they would not have been able to guess Brother Russell's shirt so easily. If you were to study ancient texts from all around the world, you would find that there is not a word to describe the color blue. Interesting. So the ocean and the sky and everything that we consider blue today was described as a different color back then. It was described almost like a purple or a, a green. It was described as something totally different. Scientists discovered that because they didn't have a word for the color blue, they may not have been able to see the color blue. They wanted to prove this theory. And so um, they found a tribe in the world that still exists today. And they, they went to a tribe called the Himba tribe. This tribe is also a tribe that does not have a word for the color blue. And so to test their theory, they presented the people of the Himba tribe the color chart. On that color chart was 12 squares, 11 green and one blue. They were asked to point out the square that was blue. The tribe was unable to pick out the color that was different than the others. Interesting, isn't it? The whole tribe was unable to pick out the blue square. We look at this chart and it's obvious to us that there are two colors, that there is green and and there is blue. But here is something interesting about the Himba tribe. They have a lot more words to describe the color green than we do. They have many, it's more than just light green, dark green, hunter green. They, they have many words to describe the color green or different shades of green. So the researchers revised the experiment. They put 12 squares on a, cheller, uh, on a color chart, cheller's not a word, on a color chart, again, this time with 12 squares green, like this. And they asked us, somebody not in the Himba tribe, they asked people just like you and I to pick out the color that was a different shade of green. And so I would ask you tonight, which square is a different shade of green? Anybody have a guess? Corner, top left, is that right? Sorry, that was confusing. Top left, is that right? <laughs> okay, it's the top left corner. Anybody else have a guess? Uh, we'll just get all the guesses and then we'll see if anybody's right. Sir? Bottom row, second one from the left. Okay. Anybody else? Sister Danae, yes, ma'am. They're all different shades. That's, that's a fair, but it's not, not correct. It's a good try. Brother Scarado, the background. 
thinking out of the out of the box here, out of the square. Uh, somebody else, sir. Bottom left, is that right? See, that's there. I did it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, all right. That's a, anybody else? See, y'all, y'all are in youth class right now. You don't even know it. Sister Connie. Second one from top, top row, second one from the right. Okay. Anybody else? Sir? <laughs> Bottom row, third one from the left. And he's colorblind, so he's really taking a shot in the dark here. <laughs> while it was while most of you were wrong, uh, I'm I'm glad to tell you, uh, Sister Sister Connie, Sister Liggett was I think she's a part of the Hemba tribe because she she got it right. That that was the one, and uh, you'd never be able to guess that really. I, I mean. It's very hard to tell the difference, but there is a difference. They showed this same chart without the red circle on it. They showed this same chart to the Himba tribe, and they were immediately all able to pick out the, the, the green square that was a different shade of green. Here's the point of what I'm telling you about this story tonight. You will never See what you do not say. They could not see the color blue because they never said the color blue. Because they did not have a word to describe a simple thing, as a simple of a thing as the color blue. Because they weren't saying it, they couldn't see it. Can I tell somebody on this Wednesday night that what you say matters? Amen. What comes out of your mouth defines who you are. I'm going to tell you right now, the best thing that can happen, and I didn't plan to get here this fast, but the best thing that can happen to some of us in this room on this Wednesday night is for us to understand just how powerful our words are. Just how powerful I am as an individual who has the ability to speak. Because when I have the ability to speak, I also have the ability to create. Because you have the ability to speak, you have the ability to create. It was a couple years ago in this room, and I, and I went to a person, and I, I went to an individual, I'm not going to do it tonight, but I went to a, a man, I had him stand up, and I said, I said, I hate you. And when I had him stand up and I said, I hate you, I didn't mean it. See, some of y'all, some of y'all right there, I'm talking to a chair and some of y'all are worried. You're like, oh, man. But when I said it, you could feel it in the room. <laughs> Worry. Questions. Well, I know he's using them as an example, but maybe he does really hate. You hear me? 
It was, it was instant. It changed the atmosphere of the room instantly because when I spoke something, something, an emotion was created in the entire room. Do you understand that your words have the, have the power and the ability to create? As a matter of fact, they have already created. They have created who you are in this seat tonight whether it be good, whether it be bad, whether it be stressed, whether it be happy, whether it be joyful, whether it be spread thin, whatever you are at this moment is something that you have created. It's the truth. It's the truth. I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord, the, the, God gives us the Holy Ghost. He gives us a powerful and amazing gift. But I'm going to tell you what defines you. I'm going to tell you we've got to have the gift of the Holy Ghost. But just as much as we have to have the gift of the Holy Ghost, we have to have words, amen, that affirm and agree with what the Holy Ghost is trying to say and speak to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it in, in my text. He said it in my text tonight. He said, your words defile or show you who you are. It is the root of the matter. It, it, it's your words. It, it, it's what you speak. It's, it's what you say. It, that's how we know whether it's a good tree or it's a, it's a bad tree. And so let me remind somebody on this Wednesday night, you are not a... You you are not a, a, a product of your environment. You are not a product of your family. You are not a product of the house you live in. You are not a, I need an amen tonight. You're not a product of the emotions that come to you. You're not a product of, 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 the, of the hard stuff that goes on in your job. You are a product of the words that you speak to yourself, to your family, to your kids, and to your God. You are a product of the words that you say. And I want somebody to know in this room that if that is the case, if that be the if, if that is reality, which it is, then you've got the ability, friend, to change, amen, the circumstances that you are living within. You have the ability to change. Amen where you are because when you start speaking, things start being created. When you start speaking life and speaking hope and speaking promise, I'm going to tell you right now, there's something that is created in the atmosphere. There's something, come on, it's who you are. It's who you're made to be. You are speaking and because you are speaking, you're creating. Children of Israel, Numbers 13. They had a promise from God. He told them in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 2. Let's back up to verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse 2, Send men that they may search the land of Canaan, comma, which I give unto the children of Israel. Which I give. Somebody say, give. Not 
not I, I, I gave, not, not I might give, not I'll, I'll, I'll possibly give if they, if they do everything right, which I give, present tense, active, right now, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe, their father, shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness, all those that were the heads of the children of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, I want you to send out men from every tribe to spy out the land that I have given to you. He's already given it to them. The scripture does not explain in Numbers chapter 13 why he had them go out and spy the land. You would think it would be a better idea for that to not happen. The story plays out for it, it, it wasn't a good idea at all for it to but, but why, why in the world would God send men that, why would God send men uh, before the children of Israel to go spy this land out? Because, uh, I'll tell you why. It can't be just God saying, this is your land. It can't be just God saying, Canaan is your land. It's got to be the people saying, this is our land. What, what good? Well, I, I don't, I don't want to sound blasphemous, but what good is it if the heavens are saying something that we aren't saying here? If we don't agree with what's being spoken up there, we'll never receive it. And so God was doing it to, 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 to give the children of Israel an opportunity to agree with what heaven had already aligned, with what heaven had already guaranteed, with what heaven had already promised. It's a land that, I've, that I give you. Happy birthday, I give it to you. It's already done. It's already given. The deed's already yours. It's given to you. But there had to be somebody in the children of Israel that said it's not just God saying it. I'm going to say it too, and I'm going to tell you why. Amen. I'm going to tell you why. Our pastor speaks what he speaks. He speaks a Spanish church. I'm going to tell you why. He speaks, amen, about the Y bridge and about the property down there. I'm going to tell you why. Amen things are spoken over this pulpit that are bigger than what our eyes can see and at times what our minds can believe for. I'm going to tell you right now, the reason he speaks it is because there's got to be somebody on earth that will agree with what heaven is already doing. There's got to be somebody on earth that will agree, God, you've given it, so I'm going to say it. You've given it, so I'm going to agree. You know what we need in this season of moving forward? You know what we need in this season of revival in the Anchor Church? We don't need people that are questioning. We don't need people, amen, that are doubting. We need people that are believing, that will say we are well able. We are able to do it. We're able to get it. We're able to receive it. I wish somebody in this room would stand to your feet and say, it's going to happen in Jesus' name.
Oh, say it again. Like you believe it with some authority behind. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. What do you mean? What do you mean, preacher? Do you know who I am? I, my, my mouth don't mean a whole lot. My voice don't mean, I don't hold a position here. I don't have a lot of weight to, to carry around here. I'm not a leader of any group. No, 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 no. It's never been about your position or where you are or what you do or don't do. But there's got to be a body. There's got to be a body that agrees with one another, that believes together, that sees together what the promises of God are. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in a group of people that believe it. I'm in a group of people tonight that you can believe it. You can see it because you're saying it. And the reason we are going to see it is because we're saying it. The reason we are going to see it, Pastor Malik, is because when you got up in this altar and you said, I'll give a thousand, I'll give five, I'll give this, I'll, what is it? It's the body saying, I believe it. It's the body saying, I see it. Ah. God said, I've already given it to you, but I need somebody on this earth to agree with what's been done in heaven because if I never see it, I will never say it. If I never say it, I never see it. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, God, God will leave some people behind that aren't saying it. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't going to catch me. You ain't going to catch me outside of this, outside of this room in a, in a private office somewhere saying something different than what the man of God says. You ain't going to catch me in no little meeting saying, well, do you really believe all that what passed? You ain't going to catch me having no little meeting saying, do you really see that? Or what are the details of that? You ain't going to catch me in a meeting that's, that's even questioned. Why? Because I believe it. Because I believe the man of God. I have faith that what he said is going to happen will come to pass. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to tell somebody in this room, you better be careful what you're saying behind closed doors. You better be careful the things that come out of your mouth. Amen. When nobody else is around and it's just you and people you're comfortable with, you're creating something in your life. You're creating an atmosphere around you. Amen. If all you speak is divisiveness, all you're going to get is divisiveness. If all you're speaking is gossip, then you're going to get gossip. But if there could be something in some Somebody tonight that says I'm gonna agree. I'm not. I'm not gonna waver in what I'm saying. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna tell you something's gonna be created in your life. The people of Israel, the children of Israel, they doubted the word. They doubted the promise of God. They said we came to the city. We, it does flow with milk and honey. It is amazing. This is the fruit of it, and we see it. Nevertheless, the people are strong. Nevertheless, the the debt's too great. Nevertheless, there's too many, too much red tape to work through. There's, nevertheless, 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 the Amalekites dwell in the land, and, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the, and the ites of the ites, and mom and them, and everybody's there, and that's why we can't, that's why we can't. Verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once 
and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. The men that went up with him said, we're not able to go up, go up uh, against the people, for they are stronger than we are. They brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched out the children of Israel, saying, 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 the land through which we have gone to search it is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. All the people we saw in it are, are men of great stature. They're speaking this, and images are being created in the minds of the children of Israel. As they're speaking it, they're seeing it in their mind, giants of men. Men that can't be overtaken, men, as they're speaking it, there's, there's something being created in the minds of the people that were not able. And we saw giants there and the sons of Anak, which come up of the giants. And, and watch, 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 here's the reality. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. That's the problem. The problem was that they spoke, went back to a problem to who they believed, who they really were. They believed they spoke, they spoke what they spoke because they didn't really believe that they were who God said they were. They spoke, they said what they said because there was something in them that still didn't believe after the, the parting of the Red Sea and after the manna and after the loaves and after, after, after all of the amazing, the fire and the cloud and, 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 the, and the earth splitting wide open and, and devouring people, there, there, there was still something in them that just saw themselves as grasshoppers. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Because we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, they must see us as that way too. tell somebody in this room, I grew up in this town. I grew up in Zanesville. That, past, that, that spirit of inadequacy pastor preaches about and talks about in this city, I grew up with that. I grew up with that. Those thoughts, not enough, not good enough, can't, can't, can't do anything. You know the mistakes you made, the past you come from? I dealt with that for a period of time, but you better hear me. I don't deal with it anymore. I used to feel inadequate, Sister Hodge. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't feel it anymore. You want to know why? Because of what I say. I don't say I'm inadequate anymore. I'm not inadequate anymore because of the words that come out of my mouth. When I talk to God, it's not words of inadequacy. And the reason some of you in this room have never gotten over the inadequacy or the not good enough mentality is because the words that you're saying to God don't match with who you are. They don't match. I plan on teaching tonight. You're going to have to forgive me. I'm... I, I'm stirred tonight. We we gotta we gotta get this tonight. I don't apologize for anything that I'm saying in this room, but we gotta get this tonight. Some of you are taking the position of a slave. You're taking the position of somebody that's just glad to be hanging on for dear life. You're not praying like a king's kid. You're praying like a beggar. You're praying like somebody that God will never hear and never respond to. That's the posture you pray out of. Oh, God, please. Oh, God, please. Oh, God, will you please? And, 
And yeah, there is something to be said about continual asking. And we, we got to do it. That, that's in the book. But it doesn't say that we have to take the posture and prayer of this, of, of this oh, woe is me. We, we don't have to take this posture of, of oh, God, oh, God, please. No, don't, don't, don't kill me for saying it again. But, 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 but God, would you, would you please? No, 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 no. We've got to get that posture out of our prayer. God didn't call us to come timidly to his throne. He called us to come boldly to his throne. And there's some of you in this room that you got to start coming boldly to his throne. You've got to bring the word with you, and you got to bring it. To, you got to bring it, and you said, "Lord, you said it in your word that if two or three will agree on any one thing, I will do it." Amen, Lord. You said it in your word that if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, then will seek my face and turn from their wicked. You said then you'll hear from heaven. You said. I don't stand on my intellect. I don't stand on what I have. I stand on your word and what you say about me. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a word from the Holy Ghost for somebody in this room. You got to stop begging and start believing. You got to stop begging God and start believing God. Well, does that mean I can't pray? Yeah, go pray about it. Absolutely go pray about it. But stop begging and start stomping, saying, Lord, uh, I prayed about it yesterday and I'm praying about it again today. You're going to save my baby because your word says, Amen. If I'll continually knock, if I'll continually come, if I'll continually make my request, you're going to respond. And so, Lord, I agree with your word. I agree with every prophecy that they are coming you got to change your posture in prayer you got to change your posture in prayer you got to believe You've got to believe that the words that are coming out of your mouth are creating something in your life reason Joshua told the people of Israel not to say anything around the walls of Jericho is because Joshua was with Caleb and he said we can possess it we can possess the land but 10 spies talked a million some people out of the promised land of God this time the Lord said to Joshua he said go to Jericho Pass around the city this many days and this many times, and, and, and I'm going to give it to you. Joshua added in there, don't say nothing. You know that? God didn't say, tell my people don't say nothing. You know that? It's true. Go look it up. God didn't say to Joshua, I want you to tell my people to not say nothing around while they're walking around Jericho. Joshua said, no, 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 no. I've been here before. I, 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 I've been here before. We've had promises of God all over us. We've had, we've had stuff promised to us time and time again. And, and our mouths got to running. And our, and our, and our human stuff started, started leaking in. And then, and then all of a sudden, stuff, stuff, that, stuff that we had, stuff that was ours, stuff that was promised to us was gone. People started talking mess. Joshua said, no, 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 not this time. Joshua said, here's, here's what you're going to do. While we're walking around Jericho, you're not going to talk. Because it would be better 
for you and for me. Instead of voicing our disagreements and voicing our questions and voicing this, that, and the other, it would be better sometimes to just do this number. It would be better sometimes for us to just not say nothing at all. That's how powerful your words are. That's how powerful my words are. Joshua knew it. He had experienced it. He had experienced it. A man's belly, Proverbs 18.20, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So my question to this church tonight is what are you saying? What are you saying to God? What are you saying to yourself? What are you saying to your spouse? And what are you saying to your family? I talked about what you're saying to God. You can't have a posture of prayer where, where it's laced with doubt and unbelief. It's got to be a posture of faith. Second thing is what are you saying to you? What are you saying to you? What are you saying to you? Are you saying you can? Are you saying you can't? Because whatever you're saying to yourself is what's being created. You want to see something different about you? Start saying something different about you. You see some things that that you don't like about you? Anybody ever seen something about themselves that they didn't like? What do you do? You start saying. You start saying stuff like, I was inadequate, but I'm not anymore. Moses was inadequate. Moses gave an excuse to the Lord. Is everybody okay? Moses gave an excuse to the Lord, but Lord, but, but my mouth, I'm... I'm, 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 I stutter. Lord said, I, I made your mouth. What do you mean? Why, why was your mouth ever, ever a problem? Your, your mouth's not a problem. Your issue's not a problem for God. Your issue's a problem for you. And you think because you've got an issue, God can't use you. When God's saying, I already knew you had that issue. What's the issue? I, I already knew. I already knew you had stuff going on. I already knew you had the problem. I already knew you had the flaw. I already knew your family that you grew up. I already knew it all. What's the issue? I ain't got one. You've got one. And some of you, the best thing you could do in this room is just get on God's side and say, you know what? All right, God, I'm going to trust you. You chose me out of 8 billion people in this world, so you must have me here for a purpose. You must have me here for a reason. Some of y'all need to wake up tomorrow morning and say, I am a child of God. His hand is on my life. He is going to do something with me today. He is going to prosper my family. He is going to give us, amen, that property. He is, Come on, some of you need to get up tomorrow morning and start speaking, start prophesying, start believing again. 
What are you saying to your spouse? Are you saying good things? Are you saying negative things? You create an atmosphere in your home by the things that you speak to one another. Create an atmosphere among your kids with what you say to one another. Does your spouse hear you pray? Does your spouse hear you pray? Do you take time? Do you take moments of prayer? With your, is God a part of a conversation with your spouse? Is God a part? Is his dreams and visions and, and, and future, is it a part of the conversation with your spouse? I, I know the demand of today and tomorrow is, is here. It's, 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 it's ever present, but some of y'all need to step out of what's going on and say, you know what, where do you see our family in five years? Where do you see us in five years? Start dreaming again. Start speaking some things to each other again that give life, give hope, give joy. Start complimenting one another again. This is me debating right now. You know, if. Oh, help me, Jesus. Careful. I love you, honey. You know, uh, <laughs> women have this ability, and I don't want to categorize altogether. Have this ability to, to say something without saying it. Communicate something without. Thank you, Brother Scarrow. It's <laughs> lonely up here right now. Men, men are like, I ain't touching that right now. I ain't saying nothing. You know, but then sometimes they they think that they communicate it, and and the guys just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Any of you ladies in the house, you're like, you're like, I told him to do that. And the guy is like, I didn't hear nothing. Anybody? Any witnesses? Like, you didn't tell me that. You remember that conversation three weeks, three days, and 14 hours ago? You remember when we were at the table and I told you that, that you needed to to uh, uh, to change the oil in my car. Do you you? I told you that, and I'm like, huh? No, you didn't. I don't even remember what the, what the point of what I'm saying was, but <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> I think the best thing that some of y'all can do. Ladies, if you need something done, just grab them by, by the head like this. Just please, all right, for the love of all men in this room tonight, just say, honey, can you put away the dishes? Just do it like that. I'm going to tell you, he'll thank you. He'll thank you for communicating so clear because sometimes you're just not clear. 
Oh, I'm so tired. I wish I had somebody to put the dishes away. That's not asking. It's not. It's, that's not a question. That's not the form. There's not a question mark on the end of that. Can you just please ask? Please? Cody, can you put, that is a question. Can you put the dishes away? Question mark. Yes, I can put the dishes away. See? See how easy that is? Just, just, just say it. I'm helping somebody's marriage in the room right now. Just say it. <laughs> I learned that what I say to my kids produces something in them. I'm a, I'm, I'm, Sometimes I can get overbearing. I've learned rather than telling them what they can't do, I need to tell them what they can do. For example, if they are running and I don't want them to run, I should not say, Winston, stop running. What I should say is, Winston, walk. You don't have to do that all the time, but just an example for tonight, okay? If you hear me say, Winston, don't run, you know. And ex instead of telling them what they can't do, tell them what they can do. Because if I am the source of telling them everything that they cannot do, guess what they're going to see when they see me? They're going to see somebody that believes I can't do anything right. So it matters how you communicate to your spouse, to your child, to, to, uh, to your family, to yourself, and to God. It matters how you communicate. I want you to stand with me all over the room. If your spouse is in the room, grab their hand and say, just, just tell me, please. Please just tell me. <laughs> Some of y'all, some of y'all men, can come thank me later. The music can come. It's eight o'clock. Had John the Revelator not spoken what he saw, had not taken the time to write and to speak the things that the Lord showed him. What would we have? Had Abraham not spoken the things that God had promised to him? Had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not spoken before Nebuchadnezzar? If you don't, if, if, if you can throw us in the furnace, but God is able to deliver us. Had they not spoken it? Had people in the Bible not spoken. I'm going to tell you right now, everything happens because somebody spoke it. Amen. So I say to this congregation tonight, there is power in the words that you say because what you say 
will determine what you see. What you say. I want, I want somebody to repeat after me. What I say will determine what I see. If all you say is everything that is wrong, the only thing that you're going to see is what's wrong. Hear me? The only thing that you, that, 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 that you, that you say is, is, is what's not happening. It's all that you're going to see. It's all that you're going to see. But if you can turn it, start speaking about the things that are happening, you're going to see some things. I've, there's, a, there's a witness of the Holy Ghost in this room, what I'm saying. It's true. I want you to lift your hands and lift your heart with your hands. Come on, I want us to go before the Lord with this. Come on. God, I want what I say to align with what heaven is saying. I want what I speak to align with what I want to see in my home, in my children, in my spouse, in my future, in my job, in every area of my life. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.